the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another, that we may be healed, and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. It's time, it's time, it's time. 2019 is here, and we are going to a new place of revelation. We can't stay where we are. God has made us to succeed. In 2019, God is going to defeat the enemy for you and give you revelation power like never before. He has already spoken this to me. He's told me that these messages that he is sending are going to empower his people. It's time to touch the manifestation of the things that you have longed for. God has released an awesome anointing over the church. And what an incredible time to be a called out one. Today, we're going to find out how to bring God into your prayer. You'll be surprised at the knowledge that you're going to receive today. Let's begin. Father, in the awesome name of your magnificent Son, we offer you glory, honor, and praise today. We come before you today, Daddy, asking that you cause our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. To each of us, speak in our inner ear. Now, O Father, please flow through me and empower your people in a new and dynamic way. In the name of all things holy and pure, Christ our Lord. Amen. God has something special for you today. You know, my mentor and I, we used to talk long conversations over the phone about God and about life. And she would say to me, Valerie, are you listening to me? I can say one thing on this phone line today. And if you get a hold of it, it will alter your entire life. I pray that something that you hear today alters your entire life. Well, let's go to the Old Testament, 1 Samuel. In the Old Testament, in 1 Samuel, we find Hannah, a lady who knew how to get God's hand to move for her. A lady who knew that there was no other source to help her. And we find Hannah in 1 Samuel. She's in a desperate situation. Have you ever gone to God and tried to figure out 
how to get him to do whatever you're asking him to do? Well, too often we go to God with our need and we never take into account what he might need from us. I want to ask you a question. What does God want from you? I'm going to leave that alone for a moment. I'm I'm just going to leave that right there. Well, no, no, I can't. I just can't. I want to, but I can't because it's like fire in my bones. I said, what does God want from you? All of us know right now what God wants from us. If we give him what he wants and needs, he'll give us what we want. Yes, God actually has needs. I am saying if you will give him what he wants from you, he'll give you what you're asking for. When you give God what he wants, then you bring him into your prayer. Nobody's listening to me because if you had received what I just said, I would have heard your shout because if you had received what I actually just said, your shout would have shaken the building your car, your house, and I would have felt the tremors. What I said was, when you give him what he wants, you bring him into your prayer. I believe today you're going to receive revelation knowledge. It's going to be just phenomenal what God's going to show you today. We're going to go to 1 Samuel 1, 9 to 28. It's often called Hannah's prayer for a son. In 1 Samuel, Hannah wants a son, but she's barren and cannot give her husband a son. And this situation creates great embarrassment, and and Hannah is going through anguish. She is enduring jeering from her husband's other wife year after year. The other wife mocks her. And Hannah gets so upset with this, she can't even eat at times. But suddenly, there's a shift. Hannah decides to take her problem to prayer. The Bible says this, Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to prayer. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. Now we're going to focus on this. Listen to what she said. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, Then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire life. And as she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her moving her lips but hearing no sound, he thought she must have come here drunken. Throw away your wine, he demanded. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger. But I'm very discouraged, for I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman. For I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request that you have asked of him. Then she went back and she began to eat and she was sad no longer. First of all, the Bible said she was pouring out her heart to God. Now that's true prayer when we pour out our heart. She told the Lord that she wanted a son. But then she reached for God's heart. Eli was not a good priest. He allowed his sons to do what is wrong in the sight of God. He allowed his sons to do evil in the temple. And he did not stop his sons from their wrongdoing. Eli was old. 
and his sons just were allowed to do whatever they wanted to do. He wasn't a good priest for God at that time. Hannah wanted a son. God needed a priest. God needed a godly man to take over the temple. Sometimes we are seeking an answer from God, but we don't consider what God wants from us. I want a bigger house. What for? I want a new van. What for? Does God fit into the picture? Bigger house so I can have neighbors over to talk about salvation and have prayer meetings in my home? A bigger van? So maybe so I can pick people up that want to go to Sunday school to go to church. Well, indulge me for just a moment, if you will. I want to tell you something that happened in my life that brought me to a new dimension in prayer. God gave me and my husband a son. Well, the son was born two weeks early. He seemed fine at first for a few hours. Well, he was born about 4 p.m. in the afternoon. He was in the hospital room with me, sharing the room. And my mother came to the hospital, you know, to visit the new baby. And my mother's a retired nurse. And she said, there's something wrong with this baby. And I said, what? What do you mean? She said, there's something wrong. This baby is cold. And so she began to ask. She asked for blankets and she wrapped them in more blankets. And he seemed warm for a bit. And then he was cold again. So she called for the nurse. And I said, mother, why are you doing that? She said, there's something wrong, Valerie, with this baby. And I'm going to find out what it is. The nurse came and she checked the baby and she quickly left the room and came back with the head nurse. And she said, now, don't be alarmed. I'm 27 years old, right? And she says, now, don't be alarmed. But, you know, we're going to take the baby to the nursery and just so the doctor can come and check him out and make sure that everything is okay. All right. And I'm thinking, no, I'm terrified. And I'm looking at her. She said, it's okay. And the head nurse said, he's going to be okay. We're just going to take him to get him checked out. And then we're going to bring him back. Well, they didn't bring him back. They didn't bring him back that afternoon. They didn't bring him back the next morning. They just kept telling me that the doctor was checking him out. Well, they let me go to the nursery and I began to read my Bible and pray. I'm thinking something's wrong with this picture. And then the next thing I know, they said, we're going to move him to intensive care one. So they moved him there. And then he got worse and they moved him to intensive care two. And they put tubes through his head and they put tubes through his body. And they put him in a little glass crib and they turned a light on him because he couldn't keep his temperature warm. And his eyes rolled back in his head. And as this continued, as he got worse, believe me, mentally, I got worse. The doctor came to me and said, Mrs. Sneed. He has hepatitis, meningitis, or he's bleeding from the brain. I wasn't taking all this too well. And I kept asking the doctors as the days went by, can't you do something to help him? Surely there's something that you can do. And they said, we're running tests. And they ran their tests. Everything came back negative. They couldn't find out what the problem was. They didn't have any answers. And the baby continued to get worse. I sat by that glass crib 24 hours a day. Don't you need sleep? No, no, I don't need sleep. I was reading my Bible and praying over him as they moved him from one level to another. And I remember the baby next to him coding. They took that baby out of the room and they never brought him back in. And I kind of began to realize, oh, they're thinking that he's going to code any moment and that we're completely going to lose him. Well, I'm sitting in the nursery one day and I'm thinking, there's, there's something else. There's someone that can help me with this baby. And there was no hope. 
Well, there was a nurse in the nursery, and I remember her eyes were like bloodshot red one morning early, and she was bathing, sponge bathing a baby in the corner. And she said, Mrs. Sneed, and I looked up from my Bible, I said, yes. She said, I want to tell you something, but you can't tell anyone I told you this. And I said, yes. She said, this is intensive care too. I said, okay. She said, as long as they leave him with me, they're not going to tell you, but there's a possibility they're thinking that he might just pull out of this. But when they take them from me and they take them to level three, they don't come back. They usually die over there. I said, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And that encouraged my heart. See, God knew I just needed just a thread to hold on to just a little bit, and I could hold on just a little bit longer. But the doctors continued to tell me there wasn't anything they could do. Well, I was in my room one day, and I remembered Hannah's prayer. And I turned to that prayer in the Bible. Because as I was sitting there, just before I opened my Bible, I remember thinking, it's true. It dawned on me. It's true. There's nothing these doctors can do for him. And I looked up to the heavens and I said, but you, oh God, you have not done everything that you can do for him. You can heal him. And I read Hannah's prayer. And then I prayed to God and I said, Lord, God of heaven's army, you have not done everything that you can do for this baby. And these doctors are telling me the truth. They have done everything that they could do. But you, oh God, you have not done everything that you could do. If you would but take this death sentence off of his head, I will devote him back to you all the days of his life that he is under my authority. And when he comes of his own authority, I ask one thing of you, that you would put the authority on him because I will have fulfilled my promise to you. I said, I will teach him the Bible. He will know the Bible stories. He will know how to pray and call upon your holy name. He will know you, Father. He will know you. Please take the death sentence off of his head. I said, I'll give him a biblical name. I'll name him after a a name in the Bible. Why did all these things? And do you know that slowly, slowly to me, I mean, I'm 27 years old, I want instant answers, but this baby began to turn for the better. I'm sitting next to him in the crib. It wasn't 24 hours before this baby started to take a turn. I'm sitting next to this little glass crib, and I called his name. And those little eyes that were rolled back in his head started to tip forward. And I called his name again, and he tried to pull his eyes forward again. And eventually they came on forward the same day. And I continued to pray. Hope sprang up in my heart. See, because I knew that God had heard my prayer. That's why I continued to talk to God, because I knew in my spirit that I was giving him what he wanted. And I knew 27 years old, but I knew he would give me what I want because he did it for Hannah. So I knew that he would do it for me. Well, he got well and he came home and I kept my word and I taught him the scriptures and I taught him to pray. I taught him the word of God. He can recite every book of the Bible from the beginning to the end until this day. And he's 30 years old, but he knew the word of God so well. Well, he was an obedient child. I mean, this kid was amazingly obedient. Well, one day when he was about 17 years old, I asked him to do something. And, you know, to this day, I can't recall 
what it was I asked him to do. I don't know. It might have been some chores or something. But let me tell you, he rebelled and he let me know that he wasn't going to do it. And I said, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sit down, son. I need to tell you something. And I told him the beautiful story of his life, of how God gave him life and took the death sentence off of his head. And God saved him because of the prayer. He said, Mother, why didn't you tell me this before now? I said, Son, because before now, you never rebelled. I talked to you, and you were always obedient. You were never disobedient until this very day. Now I say to you, Son, you've come of age, and you must be responsible for your walk with God. I must be set free from the promise. I gave God, in exchange for your life. And it was an amazing moment. You see, God wanted another son, and I knew that. And I knew what God wanted. He wanted a little warrior. He wanted you to raise to be a warrior, and anointing would be on your life. And for you to be an example to your peers, because you're going to touch many lives. But until this day, the promise rests on me. Now it rests on you, son. Well, I've made a long story short, but that's what happened. You see, we must give God what he wants, and we must keep our word, because God knows the intentions of our heart. The prayer cannot be all about us when we want God to do something. One must consider what God needs and wants. If we're angry and we're griping and we're complaining about the problem, You only get more problems because you'll get what you're griping and complaining about instead of what you want. The Bible says after Hannah prayed, she ate and she was happy. Not after she was pregnant, but after she prayed. Hannah knew that God heard her. She was happy, it says, and she was able to eat. She knew what she had asked God for, that she was going to receive it. Just prayer, that's all that she had done. Nothing else. She had just prayed to God. Well, soon a baby was born to Hannah, a son. God got a prophet and a priest, a judge for Israel. Hannah had communed with God, and she got her prayers answered. Hannah and I weren't mad at God, but we were desperate. I read Hannah's prayer, and I prayed, and I pulled the desire of God's heart into my prayer. Are you with me? I said, I pull God's desire into my prayer. And he answered the prayer. Now, some might say that's not praying at all, Valerie. That's bargaining with God. I'm not here to upset anybody's theology. So you can call it what you like. But God answered the prayer. Death passed over that child's head, and he lived. The doctors were giving me a death sentence. And God came by, and he told death no. And he took that notice off of his head and gave him that chance to live. He said, you shall have that little boy. He shall live and not die and declare the praises of the Lord. All the doctors saw was me in that Bible 24-7. I remember where the nurses told the doctors, 
And the doctor came to me and said, I'm going to prescribe something for you to sleep, Mrs. Sneed. I said, no, sir, I don't need to sleep. He said, I understand you haven't slept for days. I said, yes, sir, you're probably right, but I don't need your medication, and I don't need to sleep, sir. I'm just fine, and I'm not in depression. I'm just fine, sir. Thank you very much, sir. The nurses saw me pray. It was a testimony across that hospital floor. I want to promise you, God showed up, and he showed off in that hospital. So what I'm saying to you today is what does God want from you? Are you going to him with a great need? Are you desperate for something for God? Are you like Hannah where she says she was in anguish about her situation? Well, you have to pull God into your prayer. Sometimes we don't consider what God wants or what he needs. I have to say that again. Draw him into your prayer. I heard a preacher say one time in this life, Give God what he wants, and he'll give you what you want. (laughs) Hannah had an awesome way of praying. That's a prayer that most time it's left off. You don't hear much about Hannah's prayer. But it is vitally important because the Bible says, with all kinds of prayers and supplication, making our requests known unto God. I believe in this lifetime, I have only used Hannah's prayers I could count it on both hands. Why? Because it usually comes to me. The Holy Spirit brings Hannah's prayer to me. It's usually a desperate situation, a situation where there's no way out. And the Holy Spirit will say Hannah's prayer. And I'll know right then what he wants me to do. I'll go into prayer and commune with God. And I will speak to the Holy Spirit and ask him to pray through me. You see, that's when you get revelation power. We must come alongside the great intercessor, for he teaches us to pray. Remember, the Bible says that we know not what to pray for. So the Holy Spirit maketh intercession for us. That's very important. So when you come alongside the great intercessor, your prayer will be answered. You will pray the will of God. And the Holy Spirit will pray through you. Your prayer will have power. And you will know in your heart that God hears you. Remember when I talked about being on that flight? When I got off of that flight and I was rushing to the hospital, remember when I told you all that story about my husband when he was in a coma and I had to fly into the city to get to him because he went into a coma when I was outside of the city? No doctor to talk to. No nurse to say, is he still alive when I got off the flight? And do you know, I didn't even call the hospital when I got off the flight because I knew that he was alive. Because when I communed with God in prayer and I asked the Holy Spirit, I invited him into the prayer first before I prayed and I communed with the Lord in prayer. I knew when I got off the plane, he was still alive. When he told me to get there and lay hands on him, he wasn't telling me to lay hands on him if he was dead. (laughs) Most likely not, right? So we have to know in our heart that God hears us. And remember my favorite scripture, because we know that he hears us. We know we have the petitions that we ask of him. It's vitally important. Draw God into your prayer. 
It may be something that you've never heard before, and maybe you're not used to praying that way. But when you look at Hannah's prayer, and remember how she prayed, how she considered what God must want. She knew Eli. She had been in the temple. How she knew that Eli was elderly and aging, and that God would need another man to be the priest and to be in the temple, and a godly man. And so she knew also that it had to be a male child. She needed a son, and God needed a priest. So Hannah went to the Lord with her need and his need, and God was listening to her prayer. That's the way we need to pray. In consideration of what we're asking God for, what are we going to do with what we're asking God for, and how does that line up with the will of God? Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel. Please read that prayer. Commune with God. Consider the things right now that you have on your prayer list that you're asking God to do. God wants to answer your prayer. But remember, what does God want from you? I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.